Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. Penn State's spring practices continue as we're getting closer and closer to the blue white game on April 23rd. And with that, Some minor headlines have developed. It's a relatively quiet week, but there have been some interesting sound bites. And I know our own Matt McGloin has some insight, particularly into what exactly is going on with the quarterback position, because there is something to discuss there. And I know that's obviously a major sticking point for a lot of Penn State football fans. Um, There's been a lot of positivity uh, surrounding the wide receiver core going into 2022 from James Franklin and former Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. We're going to dive into that. Um, How Nick Singleton, the highly touted freshman running back, is looking so far through spring practice. And then also we're going to dive into what's going on along the defensive line. A lot of questions who's going to step up there. Uh, Another freshman, Zane Durant, has really opened a lot of eyes at defensive tackle. And then Adisa Isaac is looking promising, as he has for a number of years, but we're going to look at some of the information that's come out about Adisa. And also we're going to touch on the NIL announcement, the new collective for Penn State called Success with Honor that was just announced uh, a handful of days ago. So some stuff to get into as we are just trying to get to some action on the field. So thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. Well, we're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined, and the Final Four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sport wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. The Pay Dirt Podcast is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. I'm a big fan of the Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA, but have you checked out the Double Citrus IPA? It's a huge fan favorite. Beer Advocate has given a score of 93 out of 100. It only arrives once a year, just in time for you and your friends to kick back and enjoy the final four of March Madness, particularly this weekend. The Double Citrus IPA is available now in Funk's tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York. Of course, you can find Funk Brewing products at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Speaking of Funk's tap rooms, we want to let you know that the tap room in Emmaus has moved locations. Now, there's even more seating available in a very comfortable environment, plus a big screen and several more TVs perfect for watching the Final Four and a permanent Flavor Nation food truck is on site. For more information on the new Emmaus location and more, visit www.funkbrewing.com, especially to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of funk, we need to do a show yes. from one of the funk brewing <laughs> locations. What do you think? Absolutely. We're going to have to reach out to our good friend, John. 
you know, owner operator down there and see, uh, see if we could put something together, man. Yeah. That, that'd be exciting. And look, you know, they've done a great job, you know, sending us beer and, and being a big sponsor and a big part of this show. They've sent you beer, nothing against John. I love John to death, but I haven't gotten any, <laughs> I need, I need to get restocked. Well, I'm don't, ex- if they send me free beer, or I get free beer from them. Don't expect me to pass it along. <laughs> oh, I'm aware of that. Oh, <laughs> I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. No. Cause you and I were talking about, Oh, the blue white game. And I have a conflict impact mm-hmm. wrestling has a pay-per-view that same day rebellion in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, on April 23rd. So I can't be in two places at once. I'm very excited about that show. Uh, but we do need to do something. At yeah. Fun and I can't, that was, point. that would have been a great idea to kind of do like a live show from uh, yeah. the brewery there, but I'm doing the sideline for BTN now. Um, right. For, for yes. The spring game as well. So that'll be awesome. It'd be good to be back to be in that atmosphere. It's a much more, what I've found about the broadcasting world and even the radio world, Tom, it's a much more relaxing atmosphere. Compared to playing, I can imagine because <laughs> you're not going to get your head taken off by some 300 pounder. No doubt, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, considering you know you're you're plugged in with the Big Ten Network, uh, you're plugged in with SiriusXM, and you're plugged in especially with a, a lot of the uh, local reporters uh, surrounding the Penn State football team, State College area. Uh, you had the opportunity to speak to Nate Bauer from Blue White Illustrated very recently regarding uh, the quarterbacks and what they're doing in spring practice. Now we talked about this extensively the last. A few weeks on the podcast a couple weeks ago, we did particularly what's going on with the offense during spring practice, what was happening during winter workouts, et cetera. And there's been some chatter coming out of spring practices that, okay, people expect Sean Clifford to be, you know, miles ahead of a lot of people just because it's a second year under Yurisich, sixth year in the program. Fair. Christian Veyu, second year overall in the program, second year with Yurisich. You you see the advantage. Bo Prabula, and then the highly touted Drew Allar are new in town. So the question was, is all the hype behind Drew Allar going to promote him to the number two spot? Is there going to be him maybe challenging uh, Sean Clifford quickly this time of year? Is it going to take some time? But I know you spoke to Nate, and I'm very curious to see what the insight was that you took away from that conversation. Yeah, and and look, Nate, Nate's a good friend. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's a he's a fan of the show. I think. Um, <laughs> That's <all. laughs> But uh, but no, I mean he he's I've known him since I've played at Penn State. He's been you know covering the team since I've been there. He does a fantastic job, um, and he, and he, and he's a good person, man. And without you, you mentioned Veyu. One of the things he, he talked about there was how good of a winner Veyu had. Right before spring ball started, you know, I think that's something to mention because we talk a lot about Veyu and I feel like, you know, he's getting lost in the shuffle here, maybe in the bit. media world. Right. And even me, too. I mentioned he he could potentially be a guy that's not even on the roster in spring or on the depth chart. Um, you know, if he if he gets passed by 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 Alar or, or Prabula, um, you know, you know, he mentioned like I don't think there's a, a ton of info out there. Right now, Tom, again, I'm not sure how much access these media guys had, um, but, you know, it, it just in talking to him, it seemed like he was just kind of running, um, you know, with the with the reality that Alar is just less prepared, you know, physically right now mm-hmm. than than even a guy like Bo Prabula, which, you know, and I and, and you know, that doesn't shock me, really, because Bo Prabula seems like, you know, he is a fantastic athlete. And by athlete, I mean, he can throw the ball, but he can run it as well. Um, and even Chuck Losey talked about that, you know, having that guy on campus. You know, he talked about him being uh, a gritty, gritty young man and that he's a very good athlete and that he's a dynamic athlete. Um, and I think when you're that type of player, that stuff shows up 
before, you know, uh, the physical attributes or the mental aspect or just the adjustment to the speed and adjusting to the vision one game itself, all that is able to catch up because like you're still able to create as an sure. athlete, right? As, as opposed to being a big, strong physical quarterback who relies heavily on their arm um, and relies heavily on the pass game. But, you know, it, it's still early, right? Let's relax. But, you know, if you're not, here's the thing that I take away from it, Tom. If you're not ready physically, like I can't give you the reps daily you need then to compete right now. It becomes a heck of a lot slower of a process for you because right now I have guys who are ready to play physically and I need them to continue to get better so that we can continue to grow and develop as an offense. Sure, like I'll throw you a bone at the end of some team periods or, or a seven on seven to get you in there and get some tape um, and to get you some reps. But if you're not ready right now for success and growth, um, in practice, like your time then becomes routes before practice, um, work and mechanics before practice, routes and mechanics after practice, just until you can show us that you're catching up to the rest of that group physically. Um, and again, as I just mentioned, like I said, like I can get away with not being as good at times in the past games if I can create with my legs and if I can extend plays as a quarterback, if I can get out of the pocket with short timing throws, easy concepts. Um, and again, if you're a big traditional guy, it's just, it's a much longer of a process, um, especially if defenses are confusing you right now. If you're struggling with footwork, pocket mobility, and your mechanics aren't consistent, um, you know, and what it comes down to, and, you know, it's just a reality, right? If you're not valuable, right? If I'm not valuable right now and I can't practice and I can't contribute and I can't be successful with the offense and I can't move the offense, then that you can't get reps and you certainly can't make a push to be the guy right now. And I know it's early, but you know, it's just with all the hype and all the speculation with these big recruits nowadays, I mean, this is this is the stuff you have to talk about. And and I think you need to temper expectations a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think Penn State fans admittedly were extraordinarily excited about Drew Allar, obviously a five-star recruit. Um, has that prototypical build that has been talked about for decades, 6'5", 230 pounds. Just because he's got that height and weight doesn't mean he's physically ready the second he steps on campus. So that, that's important to emphasize because Bo Perbula is about the same weight as Christian Veyu, roughly 200 pounds, but he's six, uh, two inches shorter than Veyu. And when you and I saw Veyu against Rutgers, it's like, great, from the neck up, seems like he's handling it, seems like physically he's got some arm talent. Needs to add a little weight. Uh, reminded me a, a little bit of Jaden Daniels, who was with Arizona State, transferred to LSU. Mm -hmm. Arm talent, but needs to bulk up a little bit just so that he could absorb a little bit of punishment, uh, but had some mobility to him. And I, I want Penn State fans to be cognizant of that model of quarterback has been consistent for James Franklin since his Vanderbilt days. Look at some of the quarterbacks he had at Vanderbilt. They were shorter in stature. They weren't necessarily big arm guys. They weren't heavy set dudes. Not saying 230s heavy set, but larger. These are quarterbacks that James Franklin likes. He wants a Trace McSorley, a mm -hmm. Sean Clifford who's got a little mobility, Bo Perbula who's been compared to McSorley athletically. Veyu showed that he's got a little bit of a little bit of movement to him in the pocket, and he can also pick up yards if he has to. We don't know if that's Drew Allar's game necessarily, and it's okay if it's going to take time because my apprehension as a fan is not to say it's the exact same situation, but Christian Hackenberg versus Drew Allar's build 
very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And then if the athletic ability is also similar, Hackenberg wasn't exactly going to win a 40 yard dash against a lot of guys. Is this the same complication that the James Franklin regime had with Hackenberg that they might be now running into with Allar? Is it what your sitch wants? Right. I think that's an important question as well. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, how this continues to develop. Because, I mean, Yersich had the opportunity to work with a lot of great quarterbacks, you know, um, guys that threw for a ton of yards, um, big arms. Um, you know, it just seems like he's more, you know, he wants to play those guys and develop those guys rather than, as you just mentioned, some of the quarterbacks we've seen from the James Franklin era. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the spring develops, what happens in the blue game, blue white game, you know, and so forth. So uh, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting situation to go a little bit, you know, off track here. Obviously, you're not six, five, 230 pounds, no. but <laughs> is that model of what a quarterback's supposed to be? kind of I, gone i do, yeah i mean like i i don't care how big you are if you can play you can play um now certainly like when you're an undersized guy footwork's always important pocket mobility the the ability to feel what's in front of you and move to be able to create create windows to throw the ball um really understanding what you're seeing defensively right, as an undersized quarterback as well, Tom, because I would be honest, a few times, you know, you're trusting what you see when you're throwing. You right. lose vision every now and then. Right. Right. I mean, I may drop back, you know, one, two, three, four, five. I'm hitch. I'm getting ready to throw. A-Rob's <laughs> down there somewhere. Exactly. I, exa I slightly lose vision, but I know coverage. I know where the linebacker is, right? You're throwing to voids. You're throwing to zones. You're throwing to openings, things like that, right? You're certainly not throwing blind, um, but like you do lose vision at times. So if you have to take a quick step, right, quick step, left, quick hitch in the pocket, step back a little bit, right. Get up on your toes. How many times? I mean, we watched Drew Brees play for 20 years. How many it, yeah, times? That always blew my mind. Always. Now. He always what would Kyler be. Kyler Murray's doing right yes, now. Yes. Like Brees. I, what, that's what I loved about watching Brees was that he was always up on his toes throwing. Like go back and watch like YouTube clips of Breeze. Like he always has his chin up real high and up on his toes and throwing the football. Um, but again, as an undersized guy, that's that's what that's what you have to do. Um, but again, if you can play, Tom, you can play um, five ten six one six five. It doesn't matter. Should Penn State fans be panicking, considering that Drew Allar has not necessarily come in and we're reading tons of headlines about, oh, he's pushing Sean Clifford immediately? Like, I think I think people do need to relax a little bit and give yeah. the kids some time. Well, it's early, right? You know, and, you know, we just need to relax a little bit. The kid's only been on campus for a few months now. But like one of the things these days, as we all know, is this, this transfer portal thing. And it's like, let's say he is fourth on the depth chart here heading into training camp and heading into the season. You know, who's to say he won't pull a Quinn Ewers and bounce knowing that he's not going to play at Penn state, right? That's what you're dealing with these days. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it's tough right now. Again, it is early, um, you know, but it's it just, it leads back to all that hype, all those expectations early on. It's almost unfair in a way. 
I think just for the people listening to this and watching this, everybody just take a deep breath. <laughs> it is the end of March. We got a lot of time. A lot of stuff can happen between now and the there first is week there of is no such thing as patience anymore in football. Tom, no, right? especially no. college football. You know, so it's. I, I am very excited to see what happens with the blue white game. Just you know how they platoon the quarterbacks, and uh, there's just a lot of things. Obviously, that yeah. Penn State fans are going to be looking for. Um, one thing, uh, especially when it comes to the quarterbacks, is the guys that they're going to be throwing to, notably the wide receivers, uh, have gotten a lot of praise over the last couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. Um, I want to start with James Franklin's quotes because, uh, obviously, he's the head coach. That makes sense. Uh, he was speaking <laughs> about uh, a recent transfer uh, from Western Kentucky, Mitchell Tinsley. A lot of people, and ourselves included, have been speculating about where he's going to fall in the depth chart. Uh, I think a lot of people believe, okay, Parker Washington's number one. And then after that, it's like, is it? Keandre Lambert Smith? Is it Malik Mega? Is it Mitchell Tinsley? Like who's two, three, four, et cetera. Franklin said this quote, uh, Tinsley gives us a veteran guy with Jahan Dotson leaving. Jahan was extremely productive. Mitchell was very, very productive as well at Western Kentucky. It gives us an older guy. We think we got some talented young receivers as well, but this gives us an older veteran presence. Who's had a lot of production in that room. So I think there's going to be a lot of value for both parties there. Um, this is frankly something that I kind of expected to see from Tinsley when he walked in, and uh, apparently the bulk of the coaching staff and a lot of his teammates have spoken glowingly of Tinsley. It can be very difficult to transfer in and immediately make an impact, but it sounds like he's fitting in nicely. What do you take away from what Franklin said? Yeah, I mean, like we we knew he'd be that guy to step in and, and be that veteran early on, show these guys, you know, how the process works, you know, what it's like to work in the weight room, watch film. Um, understand that practice schedule, right? How to take care of your body, um, you know, things like that. I'm not like, I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and compare Tinsley to Jihad Dotson, right? No, I th- no. I think Tinsley is a very, very good football player. But again, let's remember, he hasn't played a snap yet at Penn State. And when I see a quote like this, like I, I can't help but think, right? Tinsley was at Western Kentucky for two years in Tyson Helton's system. And I know Zach Kitley came in and, and called plays in 2021, but Helton still had the chance to know what worked for Tinsley, what he was good at, what type of player he was, how to get him the football, how to put him in different positions, um, you know, to get him the ball um, in certain situations. You know, uh, that's what enabled him to go for 300, from 377 yards in 2020 to 1402 in 2021. Um, it is a comfort thing too, right? You just talked about it. Stepping on campus, new helmet, new jerseys, new atmosphere. Um, it's going to take a while for him to get comfortable. I don't know what the expectations are for him at Penn state. I don't know what they have planned for him, right? That's, that's going to be on them. How big of an impact do we want this guy to make? Do we think he could have a great year? Could he have a breakout junior season here, um, and become a household name, throughout the nation and in college football. Um, but for us watching games, the expectations shouldn't be Dotson's stat line of 91 catches for 1182 and 12 touchdowns. I, I think right now that's that's unrealistic. I think that's unfair. Maybe in 2023, Tom, right, we could be sitting here saying, right, that's a possibility for him to do that. Um but it's just it's it's a little unfair right now to expect that out of him, maybe to compare him to Jahan. Um, but I think the most important thing that you look at right now and you take away from this kid 
is that his teammates seem to like him. The coaches seem to like him. They feel that veteran presence. They feel that guy that has experience. And that is crucial to the rest of that wide receiver group, those those younger wide receivers that haven't had a chance to play, those guys that are going to be called upon to make an impact here in 2022. And I want to be clear, Parker Washington's the guy. Oh, no doubt. Receiver. And I, I still get confused when I see even local reporters, but national reporters too, kind of sleeping on Parker Washington saying like, oh, is, you know, is he going to be kind of the same as Jahan Dotson or at least the productivity of Jahan Dotson? I frankly don't expect there to be a drop off from Dotson leaving to Washington, assuming the number one role. Uh, to your point, Dotson, you know, 91 catches last season. Okay. Mitchell Tinsley had 87 last year at Western Kentucky. I understand. Uh, last year, Parker Washington had 64 catches. So in my mind, if you were to balance that out somewhere and like say Parker reels in 70 to mm-hmm. 80 and you have Tinsley getting 50 to 60, that feels real good yeah. at one and two. And, and granted, we, we, I don't want to forget about Keandre Lambert-Smith and Malik Mega, mm-hmm. but those are two guys where it's like, okay, there's competition at this position, but that's a one-two punch Penn State hasn't had in a while at wide receiver if Tinsley and Washington have similar production. Do you think that could happen? Absolutely. Like I said, I think Washington should be around that 70 catch range. There's no reason why Tinsley shouldn't have 50 catches. Right now, 80 or 90, maybe a stretch here in his first year with the program. But there's no reason why he shouldn't have 50. With those two right there, it then becomes, what are you going to do behind it? Right? Is it Lambert Smith? Is it Malik Mega? What are you doing at the tight end position? Right? It becomes this whole big, bigger picture thing offensively in the past game. Um, you know, then I think that then I think that it gets very interesting to see what they decide to do there. Um, game plan wise, but that's that stuff we'll talk about down the line. Um, which that's gonna be those are gonna be fun conversations, but yeah. it has they have all the makings, Tom, of having a very explosive passing offense. Let's just say that. Let's leave it at that, right? Of course. And you know, we had uh, current Pittsburgh Steeler and former Penn State tight end Pat Fryermuth on the show last week. He thinks very highly of the tight ends that we've mm-hmm. talked about at nauseum, Strange, Johnson, Warren. Uh, I, I'm hoping to see those guys break out because. You know, tack on Tinsley and Washington. If you if you've got five legitimate threats, plus Keandre Lambert Smith, plus Malik Mega, it just it, it creates a lot of uh, advantages for the offense. And then it's the gigantic if of does the offensive line get it together by September? Hopefully, uh, it sounds like things are going fine right now, and we'll get a little bit more information come spring, um, the, the blue white game. So, you know, it's kind of a work in progress. Uh, and, and speaking of those uh, other receivers on the the depth chart, uh, Jahan Dotson recently at the Penn State Pro Day, you know, all these players getting ready for the NFL draft. Uh, Jahan Dotson spoke glowingly of Keandre Lambert-Smith mm-hmm. and Malik Mega. Now, I understand they're your boys within the wide receiver core, and you're making everybody look good. I, I get that. Um, but he was saying he expects Malik Mega especially to have a breakout season. Why do you think Jahan would believe that? And do you see the same thing happening? <sighs> it's tough to say because we haven't seen him do much yet, right? Um, you know, but, you know, I will say this when you have a teammate that supports you and a teammate that backs you like that, that doesn't come from nowhere, Tom, right? If, 
He didn't expect big things out of him. If he didn't expect him to be a great player, if he didn't see how hard he was working every single day, then he wouldn't have said anything. He didn't have to say that. He went out of his way to speak highly of his teammates um, you know, and, and that wide receiver group. So there's there's something there with Malik Mega, right? We talked to, we talked about him during the uh, you know, the offensive preview episode that we did. And now to have a guy like Jihad Dotson, who's a potential first-round draft pick and one of the better wide receivers that we've seen at Penn State in a long time, to speak highly of a guy that hasn't done much yet, I think that's saying something. So it's definitely it's definitely an important statement and something to uh, you know to keep an eye on. And I don't think he had, I don't think he would have said it if he didn't know Malik would be able to deliver. Sure. And then I don't want to forget about Keandre Lambert Smith. I think you know we talked about guys filling out. I think if Keandre Lambert Smith is able to fill out during this off season, um, he really could be in position mm-hmm. to be a nice addition and then set himself up. Uh, for his future. I, I think he's a guy that could be a weapon. He's got the hands. It's just getting the right opportunity. So I think Tinsley and Washington will be a good influence on guys like Mega and Keandre Lambert-Smith. So we will see. Um, we're going to dive into some news regarding uh, freshman running back uh, Nick Singleton. Also another freshman, uh, Zane Durant, a defensive tackle, is opening some eyes. Adisa Isaac uh, continues to have a lot of hype behind him. And we're also going to talk about uh, the launch of Success with Honor. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that's top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Also, all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has raised over $203 million in the fight against childhood cancer and counting. To learn more about Thon's year-long efforts or to donate, visit Thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with an initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. 
we invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. All right, let's turn our attention to star running back, at least five-star running back, Nick Singleton, who is a freshman newly on campus, getting in early, which is fantastic. Uh, Apparently, he has a new nickname, and that is courtesy of former Penn State running back uh, Journey Brown, who I personally think the world of. Journey Brown, who had to retire for medical reasons uh, from the game of football, so we wish him well. Uh, Apparently, Nick Singleton has been nicknamed Gatorade by <laughs> Journey Brown. Obviously, uh, that is hearkening back to Nick Singleton has been named the Gatorade National Player of the Year uh, as he finished up his time in high school. Uh, Singleton commented on this. He said, I know I have to keep my head down and be humble. Uh, I need to learn the plays from the other players. They're going to help me a lot. I know I'm going to be fine. Um, obviously, that's fun. Uh, I love to hear Singleton kind of fitting in early. I also like to hear his confidence mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily hear from a lot of freshmen where he's just like, I'm going to be fine. Like a lot of guys, and you know what this is like when you first walk in the door and somebody throws a gigantic playbook at you and you're discovering, you know, University Park's a gigantic campus. Like there's a lot of stuff to take in when you first arrive at Penn State, but he seems like he's fitting in nicely. And it seems like at least alumni of the program are really getting on board with Singleton. So what do you think? I I love that. Like, I know I'm going to be fine. It's like one of those things because like when you're going to play at Penn State, you're going to play in the NFL, wherever it may be, there's always that thought in your head that like it's the unknown, right? You don't know what's going to happen when you show up to a lift session, a conditioning session, the first practice, right? Where do you stand in comparison to everyone else? Right. But when you first step on that field, Tom, and you see other quarterbacks throwing guys running routes, guys lifting, conditioning, things like that. You know, you think to yourself, you really do. You're like, I'm good. I belong here. You know, <laughs> so that's that's awesome for a young guy to have that confidence. Um, but also, you know, to understand that. Right. He has to keep his head down, keep working. Um, but it sounds like he's a kid who's wise beyond his years, which, look, I'm not surprised because he was such a big recruit, always in the spotlight. It seems like he understands the process. He knows he has to work. Um, because, Tom, how many times have we seen these big recruits show up, feel entitled, feel like they deserve everything already? Right? He, he just he doesn't seem like he's that guy. Doesn't seem, um, you know, that just doesn't seem like the guy that Singleton is. And I think what's right. really important is seeing how your teammates respond to you um, and to be able to already start to earn that respect and the trust of the players around you, having a guy like journey Brown, giving you a shout out, right. Having a nickname. And I know that sounds dumb, but these are all signs of a guy who enjoys the team, right. Enjoys the atmosphere at Penn state. And, you know, it shows he's working his tail off. He's getting recognition because in the football world, division one NFL, whatever it may be, a guy who's lazy, Tom is often ignored or he's a disappointment right to his teammates and his coaches. So it's very cool to see, you know, he's starting to mesh well with everyone. And considering we're living in the era of name, image and likeness benefits. I mean, what a time to have a brand like Gatorade slapped in front of your name. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's just something to think about if the guy blows up. Obviously, Gatorade's a gigantic brand. So that's just 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 something to think about. You know, if you could swing something 
Uh, maybe Powerade Nick Singleton. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll get to some NIL news uh, with Penn State in just a moment. I do want to talk about success with, success with honor, but I want to kind of stay in the vein of some freshmen that have really opened some eyes. You know, we talked about uh, Drew Allar, the speculation that Nate Bauer was saying, you know, maybe not physically ready. Okay. Nick Singleton seems like he's come in and is ready and embracing everything and doing quite well. All reports are saying that about Singleton. Zane Durant, listed as a defensive lineman, expected to be a defensive tackle, has really opened some eyes. Mm -hmm. So the point that the question has been raised of whether or not he is not only going to contribute in 2022, but is he going to start? What have you seen and heard about Zane Durant uh, since he's arrived on campus? You know, I think he could be the Nick Singleton of the defense in terms of impact that he could make for this team right away. And again, again, I mentioned Chuck Losey, you know, because again, those winter workouts are big. And when you get recognition from your strength and conditioning coach as a young guy, that's huge. And Chuck Losey was pleased with what he did throughout the winter workout. And we talked about his film on the defensive preview, quick hands. He can run really well for a big guy. I mean, it just seems like everything is there Everything is in place for him. I think it's really good timing as well for a young, big, recruited defensive lineman to be walking into Penn State because I think a lot of guys are going to be put into that mix. There's going to be a lot of guys in that rotation. The only concern I have with it is that I hope Zane Durant is that good and not this defensive line needs him to be that good right now. Because again, yes, they have experience, but it doesn't mean you can produce. Um, it's interesting. I'm interested to see how this plays out. If they can find a combination with that works with him. Um, if they can find the right spot for him, the right spot for the guys around him. You know, again, a lot of talent. It's just kind of figuring things out. Um, you know, and again, I bring all this up, Tom, because I'm not looking ahead. Right. But Purdue's going to throw it 50 times week one. You need sacks, hurries, pressures. You need to contain, not have plays break down. Conditioning and depth will be huge in West Lafayette. Auburn week three with Bigsby um, and Hunter and a team that ran for 185 yards against you in 2021. They don't have time to figure it out early in the season. It needs to be figured out right now, Tom. Um, and you need to get those guys that have been banged up or have been injured. You need to get them rolling a little bit. Here's the thing that I think is good for uh, Zane Durant. You and I have talked about the bevy of guys that it's like, hey, it's the time to step up. I'm talking about the Hakeem Beemans, who uh, appears to be on track in terms of his rehabilitation. Uh, Amin Vanover uh, being some discussion at defensive end, potentially maybe being a starter, but a lot of time to go there. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of Jordan Vandenberg. Yeah, Jordan Vandenberg looked very good in the Outback Bowl. Uh, he has the weight, but he's a little bit undersized in terms of height as a defensive tackle. But even then, you look at Zane Durant in terms of being undersized, he's 6'1", 265 pounds. Not exactly ideal size for a defensive lineman, but it, it doesn't feel like there's this tremendous pressure on Durant to be like, hey, we have to pair you with, we hope, P.J. Mustafer, right. who, if he's back in time and his recovery does sound like it's going well, if you've got a 330-pound P.J. Mustafer paired with a uh, 295 pound Jordan Vandenberg, maybe that could be fun. Zane Durant, you get him in there and he's got low man leverage, as does Vandenberg. Um, I don't know. What do, what do you see along the defensive line? Because there's plenty of question marks right now. And I think, uh, you know, the big question is how 
far along in the process or how close to, and I think Franklin commented on this. He said he wouldn't say he's hundred percent, but he's close to being, you know, back as a Disa Isaac. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Nate Bauer earlier in the show. I asked Nate about the defensive line and his response was Adisa is legit. <laughs> so, and that's, and that's like, been the talk about Adisa yeah, for a while. Yeah. We believe uh, towards Achilles last summer in the lead up to the season. And that, I, I've been, that is what I like to hear because who can be that guy, that big time player behind PJ on the defensive line, right? That's still up in the air. Who can replace Arnold Ebiketti? You know, it was a major question. And if they can get Adisa to even play half as good right now as Arnold Ebiketti, I think that's a win. Because again, these this defensive line has the capabilities of having seven or eight guys that can rotate in and contribute. And I don't think you'll see a drop in production. Again, if you can pull that off, you should not see a repeat of Illinois or Auburn or Ohio State or Arkansas, where these teams were running for five or six yards, you know, uh, at a clip against you. If you can get these dudes rolling, Hakeem Beeman, right? You know, coming back and being back. You mentioned Vandenberg. Um, who, again, Nate Bauer, you know, our good friend, believes will be in the mix, right? Vanover played in six games last year. Yep. Ellie's, Keziah, Tarbert, Fisher, Smith, Bilber. They, they have depth, right? It's there. Um, the production just needs to show up now. And again, Tom, that that is the second step of the process. Gain experience, figure out, um, you know, how the game works, how it's played, and then you start to dominate. And this will be huge for Penn State, especially late in games when defensive lines normally get fatigued, right? I think that's one of the underlooked areas, you know, of a defense probably. And something we probably don't focus on enough is the depth of a defensive line and the impact that it could have on your team. And the only time it's really talked about is when one or two guys get injured. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, who's up next? But if Penn State can get all these guys rolling and find that right combination, it could be the strength of this team and this defense. Yeah, just a matter of, you know, it it it's on it doesn't make you feel terribly positive, but I think it should is that PJ Mustafer, Adisa Isaac, Hakeem Beeman, all those guys are rehabbing, recovering from injury. All reports indicate that they're on track or ahead of schedule, which is great. Obviously, we're not getting anything really clear from the coaching staff of like, yes, they're gonna start against Purdue. You know, we're you don't even get that. We still don't even know legitimately what Adisa Isaac's injury was, just because that's the way this coaching staff operates, but it does hinge so much on those three guys. Will they be back? Because of the point that I said, if you get Mustafer back, it is a ripple effect from there, not only from a leadership standpoint, but just because he can be so disruptive at the interior, that would give opportunities for Zane Durant. Hey, do you want to line him up You know, in an A gap or a B gap, or do you maybe need to flex him out as a pass rusher? Is he capable of that? We're, we're going to learn a lot more about him, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, come the blue-white game. And we haven't even mentioned the eventual arrival of Denai Dennis Sutton, who is supposed to be here in a couple of months, get on campus and get himself going. Tons of hype around him. We're talking about a lot of five-star defensive, uh, five-star recruits. Might as well throw Dennis Sutton into the yeah. mix as a guy who could potentially chip in and be that replacement for Ebiketti. I, I frankly think the loss of Ebiketti is maybe the bigger problem for this team heading into 2022 so. yeah it that that is the problem right but at the same time if you get a combination of guys who can do what he did right then you Keep can fresh then you can make up for it right and again you mentioned mustafer and with him being back like we know he's gonna play well we know he's gonna produce for this team tackle sacks take on double teams things like that 
it's his presence being back as well because guys see him working, guys see him playing, and they think, all right, that's what it's supposed to look like. That's how it's done. I need to match his play. I need to match his passion, his energy, his emotion for the game. So, again, veteran presence on the defensive side of the ball in that defensive line position. It's P.J. Mustafer. So that's some of the headlines going on, uh, you know, with what's happening in practice uh, off the field. Uh, there was an announcement uh, in the last handful of days: the launch of the NIL collective known as Success with Honor. This has been something that Penn State and especially head coach James Franklin have been harping on for quite some time. Is being more competitive when it comes to name, image, and likeness benefits that they can offer for student athletes. Uh, you can visit successwithhonor.org to learn more. And in fact, you as a fan uh, can get involved and you can actually donate to see your your funds go directly to benefiting student athletes. So uh, I encourage people to visit the website to learn more. But uh, one of the uh, items from the press release said the following. Uh, it's an advisory board that includes notable Nittany Lions like LeVar Arrington, Todd Blackledge, uh, Lisa Salters, Michael Robinson, David Taylor, Megan Hodge, plenty of others. Penn State fans can now give monthly donations to support different Penn State athletic programs with the money going toward NIL deals for the athletes themselves. So uh, when you hear that and when you hear those people that are involved, with this collective, how do you feel? Yeah, I think it's that's that's one of the more important parts is seeing those people that are involved, some of the greatest names that not just play football at Penn State, but to be a part of, you know, wrestling or you know, uh, any athletic program, you know, at Penn State. At least the Salters is one of the best reporters yes, in, yes, in broadcasting right absolutely. now, so I'm thrilled that she's a part absolutely. of it. Absolutely, but to have those people want to be involved, um, you know, to with success with honor and, and what's going on right now at the NIL is exciting, and it gives Penn State you know, another platform to help out their student athletes and, you know, to keep up with the times and, and you know, to compete with, with some of the other, other universities that are doing the same. Yeah, because you see these evaluations online that are done, you know, sometimes it's strictly around somebody's social media presence. I, mm -hmm. I read an article uh, the other day, I forget what website it was on, but somebody evaluating, for instance, Sean Clifford, that uh, his value based on his exposure, his social media presence was something to the tune of $170,000 a year if he was able to maximize it. And I was like, I personally like this feels like an NFT or something in the metaverse. I'm like, I don't freaking understand yeah. some of this yet. Um, you can see it with guys that are mega stars within their respective sports. Personally, I'm really excited that LeVar Arrington is attached to this because you want to talk about a guy who was a mega star during his time. LeVar Arrington was somebody I got to see play in person at Beaver Stadium. Um, imagine if NIL had existed when LeVar Arrington was a Nittany Lion when he went to go play for the New York Giants, when he went to go play for Washington. Like, it, it's unbelievable. And I'm sure he's bringing that, as are the rest of his colleagues of being part of this collective, thinking about what could have been. Maybe some of the experiences they had that they couldn't yeah. capitalize on, or let's be honest, maybe were capitalizing on. It was under the table. Now all that stuff is above board, and we're civilizing the Wild West, so to speak, with this NIL situation. So... I don't know. I, I I like the names that are involved. It's just a matter of, are you going to be competitive with the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, all these programs that appear to maybe be ahead a little bit? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like, obviously, it's new. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that develops and how that plays out. But again, that's one of the things that I look at is who's involved, the experience of those guys. Um 
you know, obviously Blackledge played in the early eighties, LeVar late nineties guys that, you know, first round draft picks, um, you know, have worn that Penn state name with pride throughout their entire careers. And, um, yeah, man. But yeah, that's again, that's it. It's <laughs> I, I like there's so much even unknown with it, too. Like, oh, I, I agree. I, I, I like especially that even if it's like you're not necessarily going to get a sponsorship while you're in school, Arrington, Michael Robinson, Blackledge, Salters, if they're like yourself, somebody who's a, a player that is trying to make the jump into sports broadcasting, those four have done it at a very high level. It ain't easy. So to see them actually be involved in this and be like, I understand what it is to be a high profile player and then a high profile professional in what is a completely different discipline. Understand like you're speaking the same language, but it's a different job. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of benefits there. And then I think David Taylor being involved in this um, for representing the wrestling program, which is not so quietly a powerhouse, but like <laughs> legitimately a powerhouse. There's so many things that I think can be illuminated for other sports that are not football. And that's where somebody like Dave Taylor can be like, Hey, I'm going to raise my hand and explain how this is going to help us out. So yeah, we'll see what happens. So uh, that's what's going on right now during spring practices. Obviously we'll get you some more updates next week and we are counting down the days to the blue white game. You're going to be there on the sidelines reporting for BTN. How excited are you for the blue white? Game? Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be good to be back. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's Just a fun dying to see some live action again, man. Yeah, man. It's it's such a fun <laughs> atmosphere. Um, you know, again, had the chance to be on the sideline there in 2019 to do uh, you know Penn State radio with with Steve Jones and Jack Ham. Um, you know, it's just, it was just awesome to stand in the stadium, look around, you know, be relaxed, enjoy it. <laughs> it's just it's fun, man. Um, you know, to be able to watch the game up close like that, be able to talk about the game. Um, it, it, it's exciting. I, I, I'm pumped to go back. I really am. And it's those precious handful of weeks in State College, Pennsylvania, okay. when the sun actually comes out for the first time in what feels like four months. Yeah. And you can be outside at cafe. You can be out in the IM fields, maybe. You all know what I'm talking about. So there's a lot of good opportunities with that. And I hope people take advantage of it. So uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the Pater Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.